guys, I'm Emma Choi, and welcome to Everyone and Their Mom from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. This week, we're talking about vices you just can't quit with Wait, Wait panelist, comedian, and someone who seems like he knows his way around an abacus. It's Alzo Slade. Hi, Alzo. What's cracking, Emma? Good to be back on with you. How you been? Oh, I've been good. And can't, I mean, do you know how to work at abacus so good? I'm old, man. Back in the day, we had an abacus. In school, we had we had several abacai. Oh! <laughs> this week's story is really fun. Um, a man in China ran an entire marathon while chain smoking. I heard about this guy. <laughs> so we can all agree that running a marathon is like kind of an objectively insane thing to do, right? Because you're running 26.2 miles just to end up in the same place, you know? I mean, at least make the destination somewhere fun, like like Great Wolf Lodge, you know? You get a medal, mm-hmm. and you get one of those, like, aluminum foil-looking blankets that firemen <laughs> yeah. use. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, a, I guess that the reason for running a marathon is personal achievement, personal edification, yeah. a sense of accomplishment, like, you know, mind over matter. Because I can imagine, you know, you're in mile, like, 22, and you're like, this is why. And then you finish, and then you're, like, on top of the world. Yeah, runner's high. You know, as if finishing a marathon wasn't hard enough, he literally turned himself into a human steam engine. He was burning tar and converting it into raw energy. But see, this is what's not right. Like, <laughs> when you run a marathon, there's a whole bunch of other people. Can you imagine running next to this dude? Like, bro, can you, can you put that out? You running downwind of him, and he just puffing smoke, and then he ran it in, like, a, what, like three... 30-something? Yeah, three hours, 28 minutes. That's literally that's how long it takes me to put on my socks after I'm hungover. And I he ran 26 miles. I don't even know if I could drive 26 miles in that. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we should, we should specify, we're not endorsing smoking, right? Because we all know it's terrible for you, and it makes all your clothes smell like your great aunt's garage. But, you know, if you smoke while you run... Do those, like, cancel out, like, when you go on a terrible first date, but you still get great sushi for free? I don't know if they cancel out. Maybe it gave this dude a superpower. But for most of us, like, I I haven't smoked a cigarette since I snuck out of middle school in seventh grade (laughs) with Jason Towns, and I took one or two swigs, and I felt like my lungs were coming up out of my chest. (laughs) So I don't even know what it would be like to try to run 26.2 miles. Where did he keep all those packs? Because, you know, those dudes, they— they dang near wearing underwear when they running. Yeah, I know. Which so is where crazy. is he keeping these cigarettes? I don't know. Like in his gullet, like a pelican. I, that's the only explanation, right? So maybe, maybe, yo, Emma, maybe that's what we need to revisit this story mm-hmm. and identify where he kept these cigarettes. Because mm-hmm. if he ran twenty six point two miles, not only chain smoking cigarettes, but sweaty, musty cigarettes. Yeah, that's even doubly impressive or disgusting i don't understand running so i wanted to get actual runners to tell me what's it all about what would make a sane person want to run for a super long time let's find out you're kind of leaping from one foot yeah it's kind of like a gallop like this oh i'm just showing him how i used to run as a kid good morning hi tilly I, I guess doing? we should introduce yeah. ourselves. Peter, who are you? Oh, I'm Peter Sagel. What does that mean? What do you mean, what does that mean? It's my name. What do you want well, from What me? do you do? I host Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Good for you. you. Hi, Jilly. What do you do? Hi, my name is Lillian King, and I'm a producer at Wait, Wait. Okay, 
if are, if you like had a pack of cigarettes on you, where would you keep it? Like your I would pant have, pocket? actually these particular um, shorts uh, uh, have pockets. Okay. Yes. I also tend to wear running belts. I have one here. Okay. And that where I usually keep my phone. But well, for I could easy access. For easy access. And so I could keep a pack of cigarettes in there. I think one of the things, and as they begin to c consider this problem, is of course dampness. As you may know, from sweat. Um, when one runs, particularly if one is me, uh, you sweat a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I. Have you ever pooped yourself during a marathon? No. Uh, many people think that's very common. The people who do that tend to be bike riders. Really? They do that, yeah. Bike riders, triathletes, they do that because Jeez. it's a matter of, when you run a bike, it's a matter of seconds. So yeah, they just themselves yeah, yeah. But the rest of us just, you know, we'll just, there are bushes, there are alleys, there are dumpsters. Okay, I definitely can't keep up with these guys. So I'm gonna ride next to them on a city bike while they gallop around. Do you ever do anything to make yourself look cooler while you run? Do I do anything to make myself look cooler while I run? Yeah, up the jazzy factor. No. What's it like running in New York City, the city I of dreams? I love running in New York City. Always have. Because it smells like smoke everywhere? It smells like smoke everywhere. There's a tremendous amount to see. There's also a vestigial feeling from a lifetime of movies. If you're running through the streets of New York City, you feel like you're an action hero. So I'm trying to get to the bank before the bomb blows up, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you watched Sex in the City, Peter? I ne I've never watched Sex in the City once. That's surprising to me. I just want everybody to know we're running up one of the only yeah. hills in Central Park. I hate it. Just south of the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And Emma is, I'm not going to say struggling, <laughs> but I will say focusing. No, I, am, I say I'm struggling. Okay. Oh my god. Whoa. Alright, in case it wasn't clear, I fell off my bike. I'm okay. Alright, number of times I've almost died. One. You guys go. Tell me of the world. Have fun. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp Therapy Online. Connecting clients with therapists from a wide range of backgrounds and specialties. Therapist Joy Bergheimer shares how this choice helps clients find what they're looking for. You may have someone who specializes in working with people who are struggling with addiction, struggling with possibly about to get a divorce. You want to understand more about your sexuality. There's a therapist that pretty much will align with you in all of those stages of transition in your life. To get 10% off your first month of online therapy, go to BetterHelp.com slash wait. What other sports could use a cool new rebrand? Um, I think bowling. Yeah? I was, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a professional bowler, but it really weren't any cool people <laughs> doing it. Oh I'm just imagining you, like little Alzo, with your little bowling ball smiling for the camera. Oh, that's Yo, so I funny. Legit, I legit had my own ball bag, shoes, and I had the I had the wrist the wrist thing. No, you didn't. Oh my oh, gosh! It lo it looks yeah. You know the thing that it looks like you got carpal tunnel. Yeah. I was in a league. Well, here's a question, right? I mean, thinking about this idea of coolness, is there like one thing that's like a fail-proof way to make something cool? Well, I think the 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 fail-safe way to make anything cool is to get black people to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Right, and then everyone else is going to steal it. And everybody it, else, everybody else going to want to steal it, yeah, and appropriate it and not give credit. Yeah. 100%. I don't know if this is about coolness, but putting a tiny hat on something never hurts. I think that could hurt in a lot of ways. <laughs> when do you not feel cool? When do you feel dorky? When I am uh, on stage bombing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the silence really holds a real uncoolness. Yo, so, so uncool. Yo. Well, first of all, improv. Let's talk about improv. Do we have to? Listen, improv, you talk about uncool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I did improv for, for like three or four years in New York. And I think it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I'd do it again. Mm-hmm. But in terms of improv intrinsically having a cool factor Mm-mm. if you go to an improv show mm-hmm. the show can be cool if the people who are performing are cool oh and they're never cool i realized it was wrong there actually is one cool white improv comedy boy well just to start off will you introduce yourself to us Hi, I'm Colin Mockery, international comedy icon. Uh, that's all you need to know. I mean, that's basically what I was going to say. Perfect. Yeah, you're one of the most famous improvisers in the planet Earth. Most known, I think, for your work on The Drew Carey Show and the iconic improv comedy TV show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Well, this week we're talking about how to make improv cool, right? Because I feel like sometimes improv people don't have like the most street cred. Do you know what I mean? You're asking the wrong person. I have no idea how to make it cool. Well, I was <laughs> I was hoping that between the two of us, maybe we can like um, crowdsource what a cool improv show would be, right? Like mm-hmm. component by component. So like in your mind, where's the coolest improv show set? Is it like a, a speakeasy? Is it an underground lounge? Oh, yes, I think... Like a darker space. Like, yeah, a speakeasy would be nice. I think I think the lighting should be dim, right? Because improvisers, we're, we're hot, right? But we're not model hot. I feel like, you know, no. put the lights down a little bit. A little bit. Because people don't really know how sexy we are until we're funny. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. uh, funny is sexy. They may say, oh, what a pleasant looking person. But after a couple of good uh, zip zops, <laughs> the heartstrings just hold. <laughs> okay, how about what's the perfect opening line for this improv show? You know, when the guys come out and they're like, hey, you know, introducing this concept to the crowd. Okay, so complete darkness. <laughs> okay. Then a spotlight. Then an improviser walks into it mm-hmm. and just stands there for a minute without saying anything. Mm. And then look, slowly looks around the audience and goes, Do you want something to happen? <laughs> if you do, you have to be a part of it. You have to work with us. Everyone sit in silence for another minute. Just make everyone uncomfortable. Sure, sure. Yeah. And then go, all right. I think we're all in tune. We need you to give us suggestions. And now the show begins! 
and lights <laughs> pop up, and people swing in on ropes from different areas, and the oh guy with God. the horns and the pianos just starts playing weird circus music. Uh-huh. Like that. That's a high-budget improv show, my friend. You don't have to have really sturdy ropes from the people <laughs> swing in. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think that's it. That's the coolest improv show I've ever heard of. Have you bombed really badly on stage before? Oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, of course I have. Oh, and um, yeah, there are times I think of where I go, oh, there, there was a, sh- um, uh, a show where Brad Sherwood, Ryan Stiles, and I were doing a show and the audience was filled with improvisers. Ooh. And we just bombed from the beginning, just bombed. <laughs> and we kept trying. And then we had that thing of, you know what, if we just keep going another 20 minutes, we'll be fine. <laughs> and we, it just got worse and worse and worse. The show ended. We left, got into our cars, drove home, and didn't talk to each other for two weeks. Be- <laughs> because it was so traumatic. It was so <laughs> horrific. Well, Colin, we've reached the part of the show where we ask our guests to play a game with us. Is that okay? Yeah. Awesome. I built up this entire yes and thing, so I... I pretty much have to do everything you say. Funny you should mention yes and, because we all know the first rule of improv is yes and, where we accept the suggestion of our partner and then add on. Mm. But because we're edgy and cool, we're playing a game we're calling No But, okay? All right. So we're going to give you the first line of a scene, and you'll respond with the quickest way to derail that scene. So, for example, if I say, hey, Dad, let's get some ice cream, you could respond with, you're not my daughter, that's not ice cream, that's Jane Fonda in a chunky sweater. Make sense? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay. Angela, will you marry me? The name is Ted. You know I'm gay. And you're my sister. Perfect. No no notes. Okay. Uh, doctor, doctor, the baby is coming out square. I don't understand what you're doing in my car wash. There it is. <laughs> uh, and now over to Brian with the weather. Brian? Brian's dead. I'm his brother, Tom. I just came in to pick up the body. <laughs> oh, the layers. Perfect. Um, okay. Hey, buddy, this subway ain't got room for two break dancers. Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to sit down. We're about to land. <laughs> Great. Uh, President Harrison, are you really going to give your inaugural speech in the rain? I got to tell you, Shelly, ever since we crash landed on this desert island, You've been acting so weird. (laughs) Well, great. Colin, thank you so much. What an honor to talk to you. And this was so fun. Thank you so much. Oh, Emma, it was so lovely to talk to you also. Here's the coolest part of the podcast. The credits. This show is brought to you by Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. This episode was produced by Haley Fager and Oha Lopez, with help from Blythe Robertson, Lillian King, Sophie Hernandez Simeonidis, and the fifth lesser-known Jonas brother, Jonas Jonas. Our supervising producer is Kelly Wessinger, and our resident improv comedy white boy is Mike Danforth. Once again, Lorna White, you are the best at our sound. Thank you for that. Thanks to Peter Sagal and Lillian King for letting us chase you through Central Park with a microphone. This is certainly a novel experience. Colin Mockery, thank you for doing for improv what Martha Stewart did for crafts. Wow, that turned so quickly. Don't miss Colin's live performance that blends hypnotism with improv. It's on tour now. Find tickets at hipprov.com. 
That's H-Y-P-R-O-V.com. Thank you to my co-host, Wait panelist, vice correspondent, and dream roommate, Alzo Slade. Yeah, that'll be cool. Check out his podcast, Cheat, wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Emma Choi, and you can find me at Wait Wait NPR and taping this from my grandmother's closet in California. Wow, it smells like mothballs in here. Okay, that's it. This is NPR.